welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. I think we all get frustrated when we hear that line when we're calling a company. Well, how do you feel when you hear a similar thing from God? Just wait. Believe it or not, there are times in life when waiting is the best thing for us. But I don't know if it makes it any easier. On this episode of Unscripted, we discuss the times in life when God calls us to wait. Let's join the discussion now. Awesome. Well, hey, my name's Evan, and I am one of the pastors here on staff at Mountain Life, and this is Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris, and usually Pastor Paul hosts these podcast with Pastor Nate, but he's out. So today it falls to me. So welcome, Nate, to your own unscripted show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Welcome you too, Evan. Thank you. I think it's always funny that he welcomes you to your own podcast. I know. I, know. It I just think it's great. So yeah. <laughs> um, but we, your message yesterday, we've been taking a break from Ephesians and we're going through a few different Christmas stories. And yesterday you touched on uh, a little well-known character in the Christmas story in Luke chapter two, the uh, prophetess Anna at the end of chapter two, yeah, and just her life, and we don't have much about her. I think the whole thing, all in all, was like what three verses, and yeah, um, just really looking at her life and just the small details that we get, and looking at that. And the title of your message was "Worth the Wait," and so the questions are going to be all around waiting. And so the first thing, the first thing is, um, what's something that you don't mind waiting for? Something I don't mind waiting for. Um, I was I was thinking about this actually. I know this is unscripted, but we actually discussed this question in staff meeting, and I had a good answer, and I for, I forgot. Oh man! So let me think this through this again. Um, I I don't like to wait for most things, um, but if I know something's going to be really good, I, I I can get excited about it, and yeah. I don't really mind waiting. Like when you're like at a restaurant where you you have a good meal and you really like for me it's like dessert is my thing so it's Mm. like like if i go to juniper for example and i know that i'm going to get the hot sticky toffee pudding after dinner it's like all right i can wait (laughs) wow that's impressive i can hang for that because i always say you should eat dessert first because you don't know when the rapture is going to happen and so if you're eating dessert and the lord comes back you literally go from glory to glory that's a good point so i don't know that's a good point but yeah, I like that. I might, I might, have, to, I might have to adopt that <laughs> just, for myself. Just, just <laughs> kidding. But yeah, something you don't mind waiting for. Um, you know, and in staff meeting, I think I likened it to uh, depending on what you order online, <laughs> you don't mind yeah. waiting for something to come in. But it's yeah. that expectancy and that like checking the tracking number, and you're just like waiting for those things to come in. And so some things, yeah, you don't mind waiting for. But there's other things you're just like, can it get here fast enough? Right. So, Totally. Well, especially when you're talking about Christmas, because you think about like if you ordered something online for a family member or something like that, and you need to have it in by Christmas Day, you go on the website and it's like, it's like, oh, it's getting here December 26th. Mm-hmm. Or it says, or the worst is when it says like December 22nd through December 27th. And you're like, ooh, not good odds. I'm going to order it. But we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> and you check the tracking number. And then, like, and then it comes <laughs> like the 21st right and we're like oh that was great and then it comes like the 29th so yeah but 
Um, what led you to Anna and Luke too, and to look at um, her and her life and everything? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, I really like the the story surrounding the Christmas story. I think a lot of times we we skip over these things, and it's. I mean, we actually talk about Anna in the Advent devotional as well. It's actually the next couple days this week that it'll get into Anna and Simeon and some of the other people, um, and. I really like the the just looking at these little glimpses of people that were present at or surrounding the birth of Jesus and a lot of them we forget about we think about you know the wise men often we think about the shepherds getting announced to by the angels we think about Joseph and Mary obviously and um, you know the, those different things but I think we often just kind of don't even notice or remember the fact that there's some other people that it talks about you know when it's talking about the birth of Christ including John the Baptist mom and uh, Simeon and uh, Anna and there's just these different stories that are really cool um, that God just put in there just mm. just and I think it, it's really easy like, like you said Anna the story about Anna is three verses long so it's pretty easy to just kind of read over it and forget about it and skim on um, but I had people, you know, that were like, ah, I hadn't really thought about Anna before. And, you know, yeah. so. Can you like catch us up on those details really quick of like what yeah. your message was about? And we know it was about waiting, but like, how does that tie in with Anna's life? Yeah, I'll just read. I'll just read the verses real quick. because it's like we said, it's only three verses. Luke chapter two, verse 36 through 38 says, now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, the, this is when Jesus was brought to the temple by his parents. He was about a week old. Coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who, who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so uh, this lady, Anna, she got married when she was younger, which was kind of the expectation of Jewish girls. Um, and in that day, you would have married somewhere between 15 and 17 years old, usually. It was, you didn't marry for love in that day. You were married as a part of a social contract from your family. And so that was often the age, somewhere around 15 to 17 years old, sometimes a little bit older, but usually right around then. So she was probably in that age. Let's just say that she was 17. She lived with her husband for seven years. Um, from the time that she was married. And so let's say that she, you know, she was 24. 24. Yeah, when her husband died. And when we meet her, she's 64 years old. And so she would have been somewhere around, I mean, she's 84 years yeah. old, sorry. She would have been somewhere around 60 years old. I mean, no, somewhere around a widow for 60 years. She would have been uh, without a husband. Now, in today's world, that doesn't really mean much. You might have, someone might be a widow or be divorced and just not desire to get remarried. Mm -hmm. But in that day for a woman, um, to not be married meant that you had no means of provision for yourself because um, you, a woman wouldn't really work a job or something like that. And so you didn't have a way to provide for yourself. You didn't have a way to pass on a legacy of children, which uh, like the, the best in that day, kind of the best thing for a woman was to have children that you passed on uh, a legacy to. And so she didn't have either of those things. And as a widow, um, she was then dependent upon um, generosity of others, and so she lived in pretty certain she lived in poverty. Um, and so for 60 years, she did that. And it says that she chose with her time and with what she had uh, to stay in the temple, essentially serving God day and night, 
fasting and prayer and it says that she was a prophetess so she was prophesying to people and she was telling people about Jesus after she met him so she was giving instruction and talking to people about that redemption was coming from Christ and really announcing the birth of Christ if you will in a, in, in a teaching and prophetic manner and so it, this woman Anna um, really after her husband died she kind of laid aside all of her earthly desires and really devoted herself to waiting on the Lord just to waiting on the Lord to serving him to, to honoring him to ministering to people in a ministry of just waiting on the Lord and for 60 years she did that um, and her reward in many ways was meeting the Messiah yeah. after he was born um, and you know just I, I can only imagine her excitement in that moment of meeting him and then knowing that it was him you know and then enough to she then after that would tell people this is the Messiah this is if you're looking for redemption this is this is where it is um, so it's really a cool, cool story. And it follows up with Simeon, uh, which is another cool story about um, someone who also waited for the coming of the Messiah. And so um, really a cool picture in this section, just talking about that heart of waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was promised Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died, correct? Yes. And so I think even there, there's two different sides of waiting on the Lord it's like right like the Lord has promised something to someone yeah and they haven't seen it come yet and someone who their whole life has been flipped upside down and then they choose to just serve the Lord and wait on the Lord um, with no directional promise other right. than to seek the Lord and to love him only and yeah. all of these things and so in both of those seasons what do you think becomes the source of our frustration in those seasons of waiting, like Simeon yeah. waiting from like, when's the Messiah going to be born? When's the Messiah going to be born? And, mm -hmm. and Anna living in this state of just like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring and yeah. waiting just for what the Lord was going to do next. Where do you think potentially in their life and in our lives, that source of frustration can come in the, those seasons of waiting? Uh, I think we get impatient. And I think with both of them, these are two, as you very well pointed out, these are two different situations. So Simeon, knew that he was he he was given a prophecy that he would see the coming of the Messiah, of the Messiah he would meet the Messiah um, and so he knew it was coming he just didn't know when and so I would imagine for him the challenge was you know just getting impatient <laughs> yeah. you know like okay this is coming I just don't know when it's coming this is coming I just don't know when it's coming I think we can find ourselves in situations like that often when we we're, we're clinging to a promise of God you know the promise that he's going to turn work all things together for mm -hmm. good and you're in the middle of a rough situation and you're like I can't see how this could possibly be good but God has promised he's going to make good from it and so you're waiting for that good to come and you get impatient you know um, I think with Anna it's a little bit different because we don't we don't know that she was promised to see the Messiah or not but we know that she was there in the temple serving in a just a capacity of waiting on the Lord in general and when we talk about waiting on the Lord it's important that we define that the, the idea of waiting on the Lord is not just I'm gonna wait for God to show up that's not really what it is when you see waiting on the Lord in Scripture uh, it's a picture of anticipation it's a picture of hope and really like seeking him having a, a confident expectation that he's gonna do something um, and looking to him for that and so that's really what Anna was doing. Now, was she waiting specifically for the Messiah? It doesn't tell us there. I don't know that that's the case. Um, so she was maybe even had a little less hope than Simeon did in a sense, as she 
lost everything as when she lost her husband she lost everything her livelihood her future her hopes and dreams and she entered into a period of just waiting on the Lord just a confident expectation that he was going to prove faithful in her life and she waited for 60 years you know that's a long time to wait on the Lord um, and I think the cool thing about Anna and I didn't really get into this in the message is that as she's waiting on the Lord I, I mean to be faithful in that for 60 years like that I don't think that for her the waiting was looking for something on the other side of the waiting as much as she learned that contentment in waiting on the Lord as she was waiting on the Lord as she was serving the Lord and in, in her role as a prophet and her um, desire through prayer and fasting and these things um, I think that she really learned and took heart uh, in the promises of God but she held fast even when the days got long and it was 60 years and I think God rewarded her faithfulness with that visitation of the Messiah yeah I think that's a really good word just for all of us in that in that season of waiting whether we know what we're waiting for or we're just in that season of God is doing something and we don't know what it is but to know that he's working something in us you know and it's yeah. just like he's trying like what are the good things that God is seeking to accomplish in us during that season of waiting and I think so often we miss those things that he's actually trying to work out in us yeah. as opposed to like to, or and we're just looking for like the next thing we're just looking for like oh god I just want this answer or I want you to give me a spouse or I want you to give me this job or I want you to give me this family or all of these things and it's like we just discount the process and we just want yeah. the end product and so I think that's a really right. good word for all of us to just and not that Anna did it perfectly right we have three verses of her entire life and so like yeah. we're we're given this and like even throughout scripture we're given the highlights of people's lives and we're yeah. given the the high highs and in some instances the very low lows right. of their life we don't see their day-to-day -day life because we all live day-to-day -day life and you yeah. know and so i think we're we're able to understand those things but i think we often miss that but god is trying to do something in the everyday um in what we would consider mundane god is trying to work something out in us and a lot of times it's through that process yeah. of waiting and so man if you're waiting for something just maybe see what God's trying to do in your heart in this season of waiting and you shared um, as most people probably know listening to this that you were in a situation this summer where you broke your back and you broke mm -hmm. your neck from a mountain biking accident and um, was there anything that God any truth that God revealed to you during your season of waiting with your broken back that um would be helpful to us as we are forced into our seasons of waiting is to like yeah. that's not a something you chose right. to go into right like yeah. you were forced into that season mm -hmm. and so sometimes we are forced into those seasons as well and what is something maybe that would help someone who feels like they've been forced into a season of waiting yeah yeah i think that there are um times when when you just life changes for you and whatever it is and it may be God bringing change or it may be circumstances that just happen and not that God caused it but he allowed it on some scope of you know things and it for me that's that's what happened life just changed kind of radically overnight and um it, like just thinking about it, it it looking back it really was um a time of just settling in to trusting the Lord 
and, and trusting that he was working and he was moving and trusting with my health and with healing and all that. But, but even beyond that, I think trusting him with like, okay, well, I can't do the things that I want to do and I can't do the things that I like feel like I should be doing. I can't do the things that are required even of my job and my career, if you will, like just, just being unable mm-hmm. and in that moment kind of just saying, okay, God, whatever you have, I'm going to sit with whatever you have. Um, just just learning that, uh, kind of like Paul talks about, that contentment in whatever circumstance you find yourself in, you know, from Philippians. And um, seeing just the, the, the ways that God coordinates and moves things in our life to bring about our good. Now, did God cause me to fall off my bike and break my neck? No, I don't actually believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it happened, and whether it was purely 100% accident or whether it was uh, attack of the enemy or whatever. I mean, you could just speculate all day long. Um, whatever happened, God allowed it to happen and God purposed it for good on one level or another. He, he purposed good through it. And so um, in sitting in that, it was just like, okay, well, I don't know what God's gonna do. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know that he's going to bring good through this. And so as I'm in this season, which was a season, it's just I'm gonna accept what the season is that I'm in, and and it was a season of waiting. You know, it was a season of um, taking a step back, uh, and a season of really just kind of um, slowing down and waiting on the Lord. And so I, I think it's for me, it was just kind of like, okay, I had no choice. Now, how am I gonna face this situation that I have no choice with? You yeah, know? <laughs> for sure. So. Um, yeah, I think that's great. And that's a really good answer. Thank you for sharing and just being open and honest this whole way through about your your process and your struggles and um, what God's doing and, and how that can just encourage us as people, right? <laughs> Following the Lord. And so um, another question that I have here is, you know, what are some promises from God? Because we've talked a lot about that, like, mm-hmm. you know, like remembering the promises of God. Um, and focusing on that and something you say often and I appreciate that you remind us of it all the time is don't forget in the dark what God has promised in the light it's living by the promises that he's made to us in Mm -hmm. scripture and so what are some promises of God from him um, that everyone every Christian can take hold of during their season of waiting yeah like what are some of the ones that you go back to yeah well I mean I think uh, it tells us, and I shared this in the scripture in the verse in the study yesterday, that that God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises, um, and I think they're both for today and they're for tomorrow and they're for eternity. And there are, are too many to just even dig into in, in this short of a segment, but um, I, I think some of the ones that I feel are really important to grasp because. It really when we understand what our purpose is and what what our calling is it these ones really are things to cling to I mean one of them being that he said he'll never leave us or forsake us he, God's always with you in whatever situation you find yourself in he's always with you he's present with you even when you don't feel like it even when you feel like where is God he's there and um, and it's in those seasons that he's holding us and keeping us and you know, you read Psalm 23 and it's like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Um, and I think that that really helps us have hope 
that if he's with us, then whatever else is coming our way, you know, we'll be able to manage it and walk through it. And it's kind of like Isaiah 41 um, speaks to this, where he says, you know, when you pass through the rivers, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you won't be burned. I mean, he's not literally talking about like, I mean, I, in some instances, I guess it is literal, but he's not talking about just walk through fire and you're not going to get burned or go like, you know, swim out in the river and I'll keep you there. He's talking about when we face those difficulties in life that he is with you and he will sustain you and keep you through it. I think that's pretty much the most important one to understand because our, our purpose as people is to glorify God and enjoy him. Really, that's that's the reason we exist. And if that is our purpose, then, you know, we can fulfill our purpose even in the midst of trial and hardship and pain and difficulty. And um, and it's when we do that, that we experience that fullness of life that he brings, even while we're waiting, even while we're struggling. Um, I think there are lots of other promises that he's given us as well. Like I, I know many people struggle and doubt their salvation and their um, the fact that God accepts them because of guilt or shame or whatever it might be. And uh, over and over and over and over and over again in the scriptures, we see that our salvation has nothing to do with us. Yeah. It's the work of God through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And um, there's nothing we could do to be saved, and there's nothing that we can do that is more powerful than the cross. And so Christ's uh, sacrifice for us guarantees that if we have placed our faith in Christ and we're looking to him, uh, that we are and will be saved. And so I, I think that's another one that's that's important for many people. Other ones are the fact that he's going to make all things new. He's going to come back. He's going to restore the world to the way it should be, um, to the way that, that life should be. Um, we all know that it's not like it should be, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't take it doesn't take much to look around and say, like, yeah, this isn't just the way that it should be. And yeah. we all have a sense, even non-believers have a sense of like what it should be which to me speaks to the truth of eternity and to the truth of God. Uh, the fact that we even have an, a, a sense that it's not as it should be. Yeah. Um, there's something in our, in our beings that's, that cries out for it to be as it should be. And that, I think, is an echo of the imprint of God on our lives. And um, when we grab hold of the truth that he's coming back and he's going to right all the wrongs and he's going to fix this broken world and turn the world right side up and all of these things, we can trust and have hope uh, as we go through the difficult circumstances that we face right now, you know, on this world. So, yeah. Now, I love all of those promises. And Warren Wearsby is a commentator, and I'm sure you read him too, but one of his things is we live by promises, not explanations. And I think that that goes back to the fact that, like, we're not God and God is God. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he's promised us these things. And he doesn't owe us an explanation for why we're going through what we're going through, but he right. promises great and awesome things yeah. to get us through those things and that one day everything will be made right. Um, last question, is it possible that what we are waiting for may never come to pass? And if so, what can we do to find encouragement even though God may never fulfill our desire this side of eternity? Yeah, I think it depends on what we're really waiting for. And I, and I think that's one of the things I didn't really have time to get into yesterday is, is waiting on the right things. We kind of talked about it last week a little bit in a different sense. And even the week before when we talked about um, our careers and things like that, I think if, if it's like, if you're single and you're waiting on getting married, I, I'm just gonna say that, that like 
that's not going to bring what you're hoping it's going to bring. I'm not saying that marriage is bad. Marriage is an amazing thing. And I hope that if that's something that's on your heart, then I hope that you do get married. But but if what you're waiting for is the fulfillment of a, that type of dream, then, then I think you might be waiting on the wrong thing. Um, where I think if our, if, if our focus is on waiting on the Lord, we actually, as I kind of was talking about with Anna before, we actually kind of receive the fulfillment of that waiting in the process of the waiting, which is, which is kind of a, a weird paradox, but it's like we're waiting on the Lord and we have that confident expectation and hope. And it's in that place of waiting on the Lord that we receive the fulfillment of being filled with the Spirit and having our, our life filled. But now, of course, there are good things to wait for. You know, we, we want to wait and see Jesus come back and, and we look expectantly towards that and, and it may not happen in our lifetime. And that's, you know, it's if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, we will still see it happen. You know, um, God's promises will prove true. It says in Proverbs 30 verse 5 that every word of God proves true. Um, that doesn't mean everything that you think God said. Because <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard people say, well, God promised me that I'm going to marry this person. I'm like, ooh, anytime you start saying something like that, that, that just gets really off. And unfortunately, I usually when somebody says that, God told me I'm going to marry this person. I'm like, eh, okay, I don't know that I believe that God said that. I think that might be in your head. And then usually that person ends up disappointed. Now, I'm not saying that God can't do that. But if we're talking about the promises of God, we're talking about what's in the word of God. Yeah. We're not talking about a feeling you had or even a prophecy that somebody spoke over you. Uh, we're to judge all things according to the word of God. So when we speak of the promises of God, um, we can we can count on those. And even if the worst happens in, in those situations, like for me with my bike accident, I kind of talked about this at the men's breakfast this past week. Like I just, as I was being transported to Denver and they told me I might end up paralyzed and all these things, I mean, I was like, I was, I had a freak out for sure, you know, but I'm, I'm in that moment and I'm like, okay, what is the character of God? Mm. What are the promises of God? And the promises of God aren't that I'm going to be healed. Yeah. The promises of God aren't that I'm not going to be paralyzed. Mm. Um, those things might not happen. I might end up, I might end up not being healed and I might end up being paralyzed, you know, in that moment. It's like, that's, that could re- be very real and that could be the, the new reality for me. And okay, what the promises of God were that he does work all things together for good and he will be with me through the the valley and through the difficulty in life and even when the worst happens that God's present with me in it and he will carry me through it and even if the end of this life is what's on the other side of that um, God God's promises go beyond the grave you know and so the, the hope isn't in this life and so uh, I think when we focus on the right things that we're waiting for, um, that we can be confident that they will happen, even if it's not in our timing and even if it's not on this side of eternity, um, we can know that he will He will fulfill his promises. If what you're waiting for is an earthly desire, and by earthly I don't mean wrong. Mm-hmm. The desire to be married isn't a wrong desire, but that's an earthly desire. There will be no marriage in heaven, the Bible tells us. you know, And so the the... The desire, the earthly desire to be married is not a bad desire. Um, in many instances, is it a good desire? But if that's what you're waiting for, then your your hope is in the wrong place mm. a little bit, you know? Yeah, So for sure. Well, thank you so much, Nate. Uh, thank you all for listening. And 
following along with us, maybe we'll do a mini series on waiting on the Lord. Maybe someday. Maybe so. Maybe so. We'll have to wait for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, we appreciate you all listening, and this is right before Christmas. So Merry Christmas if you're listening, and if it's June of next year, you'll have to wait six more months for a Merry Christmas. So. <laughs> Hope you all have a great day. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time on Unscripted. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.